Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand. Walking in the early dawn to climb up in my stand. Hunting off the farm, wishing on some love. I've been on a big board for a while. Welcome to American Roots Outdoors, everybody. Alex Rutledge here, along with my director of operations, Mike Crace, Redbone Mike Crace. And our brand manager, Wayne Locke, in the studio. We've got a great show lined up for everyone. We've got some special guests on the show today that's going to be joining us. And one of them is one of my favorite places to eat, Redbone and Wayne. It's in Van Buren, Missouri, and it's called Red Beards. And these guys do seafood, steaks, all kinds of stuff. Uh, Wayne, you haven't eaten there yet. No, I have not, but I've heard great things about it. What about you, Redbone? Yeah, I have not eaten there, but I've heard great things, and I'm friends with those folks on Facebook. And uh, I have a friend uh, that, that goes up there. They ride motorcycles. Yes, they do. And, and they go up to uh, Redbeard's. That's where they, that's their destination. They go to mm-hmm. Redbone's. They ride up, and then they eat, and then they come home. And they just think it's fantastic. Yeah, they got crab legs, shrimp, oysters, uh, crawdads, they got everything imaginable up there. Carly, I wonder if they catch those crawdads right out of the current river. <laughs> no, they won't do that. They'll get in trouble. <laughs> but Carly's going to join us, the owner, uh, today on the show. She's going to call in. And also, we've got a special treat for all of you folks that's going to join us today. And I have a question for all of you. How many of you have never found a shed antler? Hmm. Well, We've got a cure for that, and our special guest today is going to talk about finding shed antlers with shed dogs. Tell us a little bit about it, Redbone. Wayne? Oh. Yeah, Wayne. <laughs> he pointed at Wayne. He pointed at, yeah. <laughs> pointed at Wayne. See, if he's not screwing up our name, he's already, he's, he's messing up who we are. There we go. It's real. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what? Here's the one thing I know about uh, hunting for shed antlers. A good place to find them is at the uh, bottom of a squirrel den tree. Because squirrels will drag the antlers to the tree, but they can't get, but they can't get them up in the hole. That's true. That you is, serious? Yeah, that is that, that's true. I've never heard that in my life. Yeah, that's Absolutely. why I li- that, the squirrels will gather the antlers, especially small racks. Where'd you read that at? I actually heard that on the radio. Uh, but uh, and they will drag them, trying to get them to their den, and then they can't get them up the tree. Oh, that's a good tip. Yeah, it's actually a good. Uh, it's part of their diet too during the. Oh yeah, uh, the calcium. The calcium yeah, in that. Yeah, calcium. That's why you find you find old ones. All the the tips are all gnawed off by the squirrels mm-hmm. oh. and the chipmunks. Yes. Oh, yeah. I know one thing. I can't leave all of my antlers out on my porch at my cabin, can we? <laughs> no. Wayne. No. No. Bone. Same thing. Same thing will happen. They beat on them. So tell us about our guest that we got coming up talking about shed dogs. Yeah, we, we have uh, Jason McPherson. Uh, he is the founder and the president of the uh, Show Me Shed Dogs out of Mountain Grove, Missouri. And he's going to be coming in and talking about uh, training your dog and when is it too late to train your dog? If it's even too late to train a dog, what age you want to start them at, and some of the processes and some of their competitions they do. My dog oh, they have competitions. Oh yeah, this is this is time wow. stuff. Yeah. Wow. Well, I have a dog who brings in a shed every once in a while. She's never been trained once. Really? Yeah, but she'll she'll go out. She oh she brings in sheds. She knows where the uh, uh, the local rancher dumps all the the calves that die. She brings in calf heads, <laughs> feet. <laughs> I got hooves all over my yard. She's before a bone I, collector. Before I, before I go, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> before I have, before I mow, I have to go out and check for calf hooves all over the yard. Because oh, if you ever hit one of those with your mower, oh, you'll throw it through somebody's. 
Yeah. There goes yeah. your front window. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, guys, we, we got great show lined up for y'all. Also, I want to make a few announcements. I'm going to be speaking in uh, Pennsylvania on March the 6th at a church event, and I'll be up there speaking at their church. Also, March the 21st, I will be in uh, Iowa, Shelbyville, uh, Iowa, speaking at a church there. And also, March the 28th, I will be at Shooter Supply in Paducah, Kentucky, doing their or their turkey event that they got coming up. And they, they're going to be a sponsor for a couple of months with us, promoting the event. I'll be doing seminars there, and I'll also be representing uh, Hornady and Eagle Seed and uh I was called by Realtree to go do this event, so I'm going to go do it for them. Wow, that'd be fantastic. Yes, this is going to be a great event. You guys want to mark your calendar on that March the 28th. We will be at Shooter Supply uh, talking turkey, and I'll have all my calls there for you guys and girls to purchase and our apparel and everything. It's going to be a huge turnout over there. They usually have a big blowout. Yeah, and we're going to have all this uh, posted up on the Facebook page, too, so people know exactly where you're going to be and where and uh, where to uh, contact you for ticket information. And, of course, that brings us to the uh, the, the point, Alex, that your dates are beginning to, to fill up. So if they people are. are wanting to book Alex to uh, come out and speak at an event, whether it be a church event or a wild game feast or, or opening of a new store or whatever, you just want to do a turkey seminar, uh, you need to get a hold of Alex ASAP and get that booked. Good stuff, Redbone. I also want to make mention that uh, – you know, I got to work this in between my work schedule working for Visor. Tim Rowland at Eminence is our supervisor, and, and I want to thank Tim for working with me and helping me and my family. This helps us tremendously. And I tell you guys, uh, this Visor work that I'm doing is a safety facilitator, and I'm an apprentice and I'm learning. We work 12 hours a day, and we work seven days a week. So it's pretty strenuous work and uh, stressful sometimes, but I really, really enjoy it, Redbone. Oh, yeah, I know you do. And speaking of stressful, mm-hmm. speaking of stressful, uh, this Sunday is Super Bowl 54. Oh, my. And oh our my. Kansas City Chiefs are going to battle that team from out there in California. Yeah, whatever what are they called? The, the, oh. the 42ers? Yeah, 41ers. <laughs> <laughs> the 49ers from San Francisco. Uh, first time in 50 years the Chiefs have been in the Super Bowl, and they haven't won one in 50 years, obviously. But on the same token, San Francisco... How long do you think it's been since the 49ers have won a Super Bowl? I don't know, but I heard through media, I think they've won it four times. 25 years since the last time the 49ers won won it. But they've won it four times. Well, there's only been 54, so. Uh, But anyway, they were all in the first half of the half a century of Super Bowls or so. So uh, it's going to be a good game. And and I'm going to be stressed out. You know, I'm a huge Chiefs fan. Me too. And. on K Country ninety five, you know. Hold on a minute. You know, Wayne didn't yeah, say he was. Well, I mean, all these guys. Everybody, that, just remove Wayne from your friends list. <laughs> yeah, all these guys, the Browns and the Bengals. Oh, wait, wait, Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh. Oh, oh, right. Just because I'm from Cleveland, I was smart enough not to root for the Browns. So. <laughs> <laughs> I got tired of hearing all my friends saying, "You wait till next year." While in the meantime, I kept saying, "Hey, we were in the Super Bowl last year." <laughs> but, yeah. but this is the uh, first time in uh, how many years? I mean. Uh, uh, since oh, 2000 that you don't have Brady, Roethlisberger, or Manning representing the AFC. Yeah, exactly. Hey, look, check this out. How much money do you think Roethlisberger makes? Take that. That's a tricky more, question More than he deserves. Hey, Wayne Locke <laughs> filled me in the other day on this. Listen to this. 
How much was his contract? His last contract he signed was over $100 million. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. More than he deserves. Can, can you imagine if they had the money now that the, to pay the quarterbacks back then, like Montana and Bradshaw and what they'd be making? Oh, unbelievable. unbelievable. Dan Marino. Right. Um, Bob Greasy. Wish yep. money, Lenny, Lenny I, wish, Dawson. I wish money was like that for our military. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. Well, yeah. Think about that, it. That was my point. I was just talking about Ben Roethlisberger. Professional athletes on the whole – Make more money than they deserve. Now, do I'm I, going to agree. Now, do I want to say that uh, they shouldn't be paid that? Well, if that's what somebody's willing to pay them, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, if Alex, if you walked in here tomorrow and said, "I want to pay you a million dollars a year," oh, you're going to take it. I'm going to take it. <laughs> do I deserve it? <laughs> no. no. But heck, no. Yeah. Ca- capitalism at its finest. But anyway, I want to say this before we go to a break. Uh, we done some set some traps on my farm. We're going to talk about that upcoming show here. With Terry Weaver with River Rat Pump Works, he came and helped me set traps. We're going on three days. I've not caught anything yet. Oh, no. I want to see predators caught. So, anyway, we're going to go to break, everybody. Coming up is our special guest, Carly, with Redbeards. We're going to talk about Redbeards. If you love seafood, you need to go eat at this place. We're going, we'll be right back right after this. Hey, everybody. This is Michael Water with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy, Alex. Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. Don't miss an episode. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Rutledge with American Roots Outdoors. How many of you need an attorney? If you're like me, sometimes you do. I go to Zane Prevet at the Prevet Law Office, Willow Springs, Missouri. No case is too big or too small. You can call Zane at 417-469-3535. Zane Prevet. At the Brevet Law Office. This is Alex Rutledge. Across the creek of a big old hill. Year after year. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoor. And as promised, we have one of our guests on the line right now, and it's Miss Carly Carter of Redbeard's, one of the most famous, popular places to eat in our country here in the Ozarks. Welcome to the show, Carly. Hi. Where are you at today? Well, I'm running my school district in Donovan. You're running your school district in Donovan. Now, what, what do you do with the school district? What's your job title? I'm a superintendent at a K-8 school district, Ripley County R4. Wow, that's awesome. We love the Dons, don't we, Redbone? we got a lot of Absolutely. listeners over there. Absolutely. We love playing them in football. Yeah, go Dons. We're the Rangers here, That's though. Right. We're, we're the K-8 school. We feed oh, the, the Dons. Oh, okay. okay. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm glad to see they have football back over there. I remember when they had the meeting at the at the park down there, and uh, we attended that, myself and Boyd Moore, and we was all for helping you guys try to help get that going. And I tell you what, you watch the Dons are getting better and better every year, and it's good to have that back in Donovan. Mm-hmm. A lot of our students are – they're excited when they go to high school to have that opportunity to play. That they is enjoy awesome. basketball here, though. So. Oh, yeah, you're very good, too. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about Redbeards. Uh, we're going to talk about the roots of Redbeards. How did you come up with the idea of having a restaurant and calling it Redbeards? My husband, um, we love to vacation in Florida. He has a brother that lives there. And when we go, we love to go to all the shrimp shacks and, of course, love seafood and um, we fell in love with Wally's at Patterson, and he's like, we should do something like this in Van Buren. So um, he, it was, it's all, it was all his idea. 
Um, he wanted to do it for several years, and I kind of drug my feet, and then I, I agreed to go along with it one day after teaching a bunch of second graders in school, and <laughs> we started Redbeards. What part so. of Florida? Because I have a brother also that lives down in Florida. Oh, where is well, if you hadn't asked me, you know, I'd be able to tell you. <laughs> well, northern part or southern part? Down by the it's Keys? Between or? Destin, it's between Destin and Pensacola. Okay. Okay. Oh, uh, you know, I forget. Oh. So so anyway, Redbone, I believe you've eaten there before. No, I have not. I, I have friends that go there. They ride their motorcycles. You know, I told you that before. They, they, they gather together in a bunch, and they ride motorcycles up, and they go to eat a Redbeard. Then they ride home. It's kind of a destination spot. And they brag about you all the time. We have a lot of motorcyclists that, that travel through. Yes, we do. Uh, so we have you, a lot of people that travel through. So. Oh, yeah. Every time I go down there, on a, you know, I fish the, the CRSA, the Current River Smallmouth Association Tournament, and I always make it a point to go have dinner with them there after the tournament. And every time you go in there on a Saturday evening, it's so packed you can't hardly get in. So you want to call for reservations if you, if you can before coming and check but but there's always they'll make space for you and people comes and goes quickly and uh, now that we know how you come up with the idea how long has redbeard's been in business this will be our fifth summer so we've 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 been there for five years come june 24th wow yeah. How many, how many Time flies pe- when you're having fun right. yes it is how many people if, you, if i may ask this question how many people will you serve on a weekend Oh, my goodness. I would say in the busy summer months, yes. 2,500, 3,000 people, a bunch, a bunch of <laughs> I'm people. T- we, we get them through there. It's crazy. So all of our listeners listening all over the United States, the world, are the Ozarks, you need to go eat at Redbeard's. I'm telling you. And let's talk about your menu real quick. What all do you serve there at Redbeard's? Well, I like to tell everybody that we have something for everyone because, you know, not everybody likes seafood. Um, We have catfish. Um, We make all of our batters and our sauces. Everything is homemade. Um, We have king crab, snow crab. We have a bucket that has shrimp and snow crab and uh, sausage and potatoes. And um, we have mussels and oysters and Mm. dirty steak. Several different kinds of steaks, salmon, tilapia, grouper, burgers. We have a huge cowboy burger, mushroom Swiss burgers, several mm. salads, some pasta dishes, hey, great Ma- crab cakes. So, Hey, Mike, can you pass me those paper towels right now? <laughs> <laughs> i got to get this drool We're off my mouth. Yeah. I know, it's kind of making me hungry talking about it. Well, I'm going to make a statement right here on radio for everybody. Redbone, look at me. Mm-hmm. Wayne? Redbeard's catfish is the best catfish I have eaten in my entire life anywhere. And I've eaten everywhere. I'm telling you, they're dirty catfish. I encourage you to order the dirty catfish. And let's talk about the dirty catfish, Carly. Okay. That's your secret ingredient, but you won't share that with us. But it's well, a special. Well, it is. Um, whenever we started this, my husband, he wanted you know, some kind of spice that would just be a signature for us. Mm -hmm. And so him and my mom, you know, they worked in the kitchen and just 
tweaked and played, and and she came up with this spy. So it's actually my mother's. Um, she she manages the place for me, and she doesn't get near the credit that she needs. But um, she came up with our red beard seasoning, and that goes on our dirty steaks. It goes in our bucket. It's what we boil our shrimp in. It um, goes on our dirty catfish. And actually, the catfish recipe was a recipe that my dad always had my mom mm. make. Um, whenever he fried fish, and so she adds the dirty to it, and we got dirty catfish. But like I said, everything is battered ourselves. It's homemade. Um, we only have one thing on the menu that comes in pre pre-made. Um, it's just it's a 100% homemade place. I like that as a slogan. We add the dirty. <laughs> yeah. That's a good we add the dirty. I like that. That would make a good. Beard. That would make a good shirt. We add the dirty. <laughs> yeah, we, we need to do we've, shirts we've like that. We've had a few of those shirts. Nice. Yeah, we add the dirty here at Redbeards. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. I tell you what, when I order, when I order there, I, you know what I have? I used to have the five piece dirty catfish with sautéed mushrooms, and I have uh, home fries, mm-hmm. and, and I have the hush puppies, and yep. I have a few slices of onion with it. Mm-hmm. Got to have your onion and your lemon with those fish. That's right. And, uh, man, that's what I have. I love, love, love eating at Red Beards. Well, I heard, I heard uh, people bragging to me was about the uh, the king crab. So I told my, yes. my I told my father-in-law about that, and, of course, his lies lit up. I mean, he's 80 years old, and that's probably his favorite thing in the world to eat is king crab. And I said, well, I heard this place has a you know, phenomenal king crab. And his answer to me was, you know, as soon as I said that, he's like, well, when are we going? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. King, crab, king crab can be a little bit seasonal for us. Um, right now, you know, it, it's the market puts out their bids. So whenever the, the brokers accept those bids, then that's whenever the king crab are released. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've been a little seasonal with, for us about the past month and a half or so. But, yeah, that that's my favorite, a dirty sirloin and king crab. Now, do you, do you post your uh, menu on Facebook, like when your king crab comes in and that, so people can say, oh, um, it's in? I do, yes, I do put updates on our Facebook page, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's good. And you have, you have uh, snow crab, too. Yep, um, we have... Uh, five to eight ounce cluster snow crab um, and that goes in our buckets or you can order it by the pound and that runs us market price whatever you know kind of whatever market price is now let's talk about this your, your seafood is brought in within 24 hours am i correct yes there you go yeah we serve we serve everything fresh I'm so now that you. you now that you've made us hungry and we're, and we're counting down here to the end of the segment where exactly is Redbeard located Redbeards is located on M Highway in Van Buren, exactly one mile down on the left. There you go. Look for the white building with the red roof. And I want to say this to everybody. You want to take your beautiful bride or your your girlfriend, fiancé to a great place on Valentine's Day. You need to make reservations now. Yes, we will. We will have our specials posted within the next couple days. And we will share this on the American Roots pages and Alex Rutledge page and our team pages. So uh, American Roots is very proud to be working with Redbeards. And uh, by the way, Carly, I need some decals about three or four inches so I can put on the side of my truck and my boat because you're sponsoring us as a yearly partner, and I want to do everything in our power to help you drive your business. Well, sure, we'll get you some of those. And, Alex, we always appreciate you coming and enjoy talking to you and appreciate you running us on the air. You bet. Now, do you have a website? And we're going to wrap it up. Do you have a website? Well, we don't. Um, you know, I'm just, I've been busy with everything else, and I don't have a website yet. But we do have a Facebook. Um, it's Redbeard Steak and Seafood. And all of our specials and events and anything 
you know, if we have music or anything going, it's always posted on there. Um, so you can you can go to Redbeard Second Seafood and check us out on Facebook. Okay, and we, we, can help, have, we can help we you Twitter create a website. Well. We can help you, and we'll talk about that later. Everybody, Redbeards, book your dates now. Reserve your dates for Valentine's Day evening dinner. You're going to love me for telling you guys to go eat here. We're going to go to a break. Thanks for listening to America Roots. We'll be right back with more right after this. Right here, right now, this is Chancey Walters listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rupp. American Roots. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. And what a great show we're having, Redbone Wayne. Uh, what a great guest Carly was. Yeah, I'm hungry for some of that fish. I'm telling you, that seafood, my wife. She loves the crab legs and everything they got going on down there at Redbeards. But anyway, as promised, everybody, we've got a topic today on the show. Uh, for those of you who's never found a shed antler, we're going to explain to you another way to find antlers. And our special guest is Jason McPherson from Mountain Grove, Missouri, with Show Me Shed Dogs. And Wayne lined up this guest, and I've met Jason a few times. And uh, what a great area! We got a lot of listeners in Mountain Grove. Wayne and Redbone and uh, Jason, welcome to the show. Ah, thanks for having me. I'm I'm happy to be here. Yes, sir. Wayne, take it over. Yeah, what I did is I made a post on our Facebook page a few weeks back saying, hey, you know, what topic would you like to hear for our podcast and radio show? And the number one response was shed hunting. And uh, so I started saying, well, you know, that that's actually a, a great topic because that's a perfect time of year. The the deer are starting to shed their antlers now, and I uh, had heard about your, your uh, company, you know, the Show Me Shed Dogs, and I'm like, so I reached out to you, and uh, someone reached uh, back to me on Facebook, and here you are. So wel- welcome aboard, Jason. Yeah, I'm very excited to be here, and, uh, you know, uh, our Show Me Shed Dog is a club we're affiliated with the North American Shed Hunting Dog Association and the United Kennel Club, and we host uh, uh, hunt test events and other events we're going to try to put on seminars and whatnot, but uh, we're all about promoting the sport of antler shed hunting with dogs. Awesome. Now, where did you uh, get started in that interest of doing that? Well, so uh, like many of your listeners, I am a bow hunter. You know, it's something that I am doing or preparing for uh, 365 days a year, Mm -hmm. 24-7 pretty much. (laughs) And so, you know, just like most people, you know, you might have a buck that you're uh, after and you've chased him all season or you just have several bucks. And and so shed hunting was kind of an offshoot of of the bow hunting. And I did that for years. Uh, just walking and we do it as a family and you know along the line I thought well because I'd kind of heard about some people doing this with dogs I thought you know it'd be nice to get a dog to help out with this uh, and there's a lot of advantages to having a dog and we looked around and we finally got started and that's kind of a long story there but um, you know especially here in southern Missouri the uh, antlers are harder to find because we've got so much cover mm-hmm. we're in Crop country, you know, the deer are more concentrated. So, you know, you might see people picking up piles of sheds in a day. But hmm. so a, a dog in southern Missouri, especially, but anywhere, is very helpful. So, oh, it's been several years back, but we started with a with a dog, and, she, and I, I started working with her and got her trained. And 
uh, got her going pretty good, and we were going to take her up to a trainer in, in Minnesota. And just prior to her leaving, she got a really rare illness and and died on us. So then mm. we ended up getting a dog from the trainer, and and uh, that branched off into uh, after we we got got her trained really good. Um, that branched off into some of these uh, hunt tests and competitions, and we've got friends all over the country now. So, yeah, to talk about that for a second, because I had mentioned to Alex that they do competitions on the, uh, uh, you know, for shed hunting with the dogs and that, and you know, he had not heard of that. Yeah, so uh, both the organizations that I mentioned um, have um, these hunt tests, and essentially the, the rules are, are a little bit different, but. There'll be um, planted antlers, or the there'll be a, a judge and an antler planter who'll plant the antlers. Okay. And then you have a 15 minutes to find all of the antlers, and it's usually about over an acre area, and um, they have to deliver to hand. And and depending on what level you're in, it can get increasingly difficult. Um, so, for example, in the NASHTA event, so one of the antlers has to be in the water with only one tine exposed. And they, mm, wow. And, the, and they have to retrieve an elk shed that weighs five to eight pounds. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> so my, my question so is, it, when you're talking about these dogs, do, do they hunt sheds by smell or do they hunt sheds by sight? Both. Really? Um, yeah. So... Throughout the training, you know, and when and we may talk about it, but you know, I start off with just getting them introduced to the smell. Um, but um, they're trained to to recognize the antler by sight and smell, primarily smell. Hmm. Uh, in fact, you know, in, in these competitions, and then I found several in the wild that were were buried or not visible. So, you know, the dogs are able to smell them, and I've seen them dig them up out of snow and out of water. I was not so, aware that the, that the antlers would have an odor, you know, at least strong enough yeah. for a dog to, to smell. Yep, and that's one thing that uh, most people don't understand is these antlers do have a smell. I mean, they've got dogs trained to, to smell drugs hidden in a vehicle standing on the outside of the vehicle. And, and so these dogs can smell uh, these antlers, even though we humans can't. Um, and so, yeah, they they have a, a individual smell, and they can um, they can detect them and recognize them, and like I said, pick them up when even when they're um, not visible. All right, hey, uh, curiosity, uh, you had talked about you had a dog, uh, two dogs now that have trained for uh, the shed hunting. What type of dogs did you have? So uh, we have Labradors, um, and. By far, that is the most common breed used to uh, antler shed hunt with dogs. Mm -hmm. or, uh, so, I mean, I've seen many other breeds, um, and really any breed could be trained, but essentially what you're asking the dog to do is um, hunt for and retrieve uh, this cold, hard object that doesn't run away, that doesn't flop around, that doesn't make noise, and they have no natural instinct to pursue. So uh, dogs that have a strong uh, retrieve instinct, uh, like German sh short hairs, Brittany's, uh, but especially Labradors and Chesapeake Bay Retrievers, um, they've got that natural instinct. So it just makes it that much easier to get 
get going. Right. I've yeah, even I, seen a poodle. Do, wow. <laughs> at one of these, I saw a poodle doing it. I had a, I got a black lab that uh, used to, you know, go do the uh, shed antlers and that with me, and it was actually all by mistake that I even knew she could do that. Uh, she was my duck dog. And uh, we were training uh, for duck season when she was, uh, I think she was about two years old. And she was wet, running up the dock steps. Her leg slipped in between the steps, and she shattered her leg. Uh, so her, her duck days were over, but I would always take her out with me when I just walked through the woods. And all of a sudden, I turned around one time, and here she is dragging an antler. I mean, it's just a little four point, but I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I wonder if this yeah. is something I can try. <laughs> you know? Well, and, you know, Wayne, you talk about, uh, or, or and you talked about poodles. He's even saw a poodle. I have a friend that trains duck dogs, and he is currently training a poodle and says it's one of the best dogs that he's ever seen, just on instincts. Wow. Yeah. So, well, yeah, really any, any breed can be trained, but like I said, by far, Labradors are the are the, what you're mostly seeing doing it. All right. Hey, we're getting ready to head to a break here, and when we come back, we're going to touch more on some of these training techniques that you do. Sure. Everybody, you're listening to American Roots Outdoors. Don't go away. We will be right back with more shed dog hunting right after this. Hey, this is Eddie Salter, and you listen to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors, and what a great show again we're having, Wayne and Redbone. Uh, this is Mr. McPherson sure is sharing some wonderful information with everybody on shed dog hunting. You know, who would ever think uh, that you could take a dog and teach a dog how to find sheds? You know, it's been pretty popular in a lot of areas for many years, but now it's really catching on here in the Ozarks. And that being said, I want to make an announcement before we go back in with Jason. We've got some events going on in the area. Uh, February the 8th, we've got a St. Jude's Benefit Auction. And it's mm-hmm. going to be in Thayer, Missouri. Mike and Nina, you're going. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Then also, February the 8th, we got Austin, 14th year old birthday party in Alton, Missouri. Also, we got Pat Tillman's 80th birthday celebration, which is at Thayer Senior Center in Thayer, Missouri. Also, Saturday, February 15th, 10 a.m. meeting. Uh, there's an event going at Thayer Farmer's Market in Thayer, Missouri. We also got a church event going on the 29th at Houston, Missouri, a wild game dinner. So I want to mention those things. And also down the road, they're going to have an event in Birch Tree, Missouri at the VFW Hall, uh, like a sweetheart dinner on behalf of the Birch Tree Park Board. Yeah, and I'll just mention one event because this is our last show before this event. But next yeah. Wednesday is St. Jude Day at Fred's Fish House in Mammoth Spring. And if you go to eat at Fred's that day. Yeah. Starting from the time they open till they close that night, every penny you spend goes directly to St. Wow. Jude. And they make wonderful catfish. Their catfish is right up yeah, there. Their hush puppy has been voted multiple times the best hush puppies in the state of Arkansas. Yeah, yeah we're here. Yeah, we're still here, Jason. Right. Yeah, we're just talking some other stuff. But anyway, back to you, Wayne. Take it over. Hey, uh, well, Jason, since we covered the uh, breed of dogs that uh, you find most common doing this, what age would you suggest starting your dog out? Uh, to to learn to shed, or is there even an age to start? Do you find that older dogs can do it just as easy as young dogs? Well, I personally I believe that uh, the earlier you can start, the better. Uh, generally, I try to start mine as soon as I can, uh, about eight weeks, and I have kind of my own little method. And if one, if you take one thing out of this, that my goal is to instill in this dog the desire. 
uh, and for them to think that the antler is the greatest thing on earth. And so um, older dogs can be trained to do it, but I'm asking them to get into cover like a beagle and cover ground like a bird dog in pursuit of something that's not uh, inherently natural for them to pursue. So I want I start early trying to get them uh, instilling them the desire to to find these antlers and so what I do is I get a uh, a wool dryer ball and I, there's an, a liquid antler scent that you can buy through dog bone and I put that uh, on the ball and I'll get in a hallway with the with the young pup and just every day or every other day a few times just. Uh, toss that ball and and i the reason i use the hallway is so they have to come back to me okay and i'll and i'll progress from there once they've kind of got that down and what i'm trying to do is get them to associate the scent then i'll switch there's a rubber antler made also by dog bone and the reason i'm, I'm using the rubber antlers because i don't want them to have a negative experience with an antler which they could poke themselves or something like that with a hard antler right um and so with the rubber antler, they're, now they're not only getting the scent, but they're getting the sight of an antler. And, and I'll stay in the hallway and, and toss the antler and, and play. And every time they bring it back, man, I just lay the praise on them like they've done the greatest thing in the world. And I'll just keep doing this and, and, and make it their playtime. It's their reward. And then eventually we'll, we'll go outside. We'll change the area because uh, then, then they don't have the hallway to force them to come back. And then we'll switch to a real antler, and from there I'll, I'll start hiding them around the yard. And we just kind of keep progressing um, until, you know, they've, they've kind of got it down. Like, hey, there's antlers out there, and I get rewarded. This is a lot of fun for looking for. Right. So, yeah, I had a buddy of mine that did the uh, – when he switched to the uh, the real antler, one thing he did not take in consideration was how sharp a tip of an antler is. And uh, his dog got an immediate negative experience when he grabbed that antler and it flipped up and poked him right by the eye. And he exactly. said it, t- it said it took him a few weeks to get his dog back into wanting to look for an antler because it, it had hurt him. So he went, uh, he took some of his antlers and he cut the tips off, rounded them with a grinding wheel so he would get back into a more positive experience. Yes, exactly. And, and even when I switch to a, to a real antler, I'll start with just a, a spike antler. Mm, okay. So they, they don't get poked. Right. Well, I tell you, my nephew Larry Rutledge Jr. lives in Piedmont. They own Zephyr's Restaurant down there. He's had shed dogs for several years now, and he paid a lot of money for his dogs and his bloodline. And let's talk about that real quick. How expensive are these trained shed dogs? If you buy one that's already trained, say a year or two years old. Well, honestly, if if you're looking for a, a finished shed, shed dog that's been trained to to deliver to hand and to hunt. Um, you're probably looking at around, you know, with all the training and everything, twenty five hundred to three thousand dollars. There you go, folks. This is how serious <laughs> um, this is. Hey, and there's money made with these sheds. There's people buying these sheds, especially if you find big ones, Boone and Crockett sheds. There's buyers out there that'll pay a lot of money for these sheds. So that's yeah, if you're, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and if you try to buy sheds for training from those antler buyers, you're going to pay pay back to get them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> And a lot of these guys are taking the sheds, if I may interrupt and interject, taking these sheds, selling them to China and stuff. They go overseas for aphrodisiacs. Yeah. They do. And they yeah. grind well, them up. Money in it, too. Yeah. 
A lot of money, so much a pound. But anyway, back to you, Wayne. You know, we were talking about your uh, your family going out with you. Who all goes out with you in that? And, you know, do you find that is just something relaxing to do as a family outing and event? So, yeah, we uh, we do it as a, as a family sometimes. A lot of times it's just me and the dog. But other times we take on a nice day. We'll take the whole family and, and spread out and try to cover more ground, and that's just a lot of fun. And now I have a daughter who's 14, and we've got a dog. We, we bred a litter, and we kept one for her so that she can come to these events uh both well especially the ukc they have a youth division so we've got a dog trained for her to compete in these um and it's a lot of fun and and so yeah it's something we do as a family we go from now until may is when our next event is we'll be attending a lot of these hmm that sounds almost like it might be more expensive than having your kids sign up for uh, baseball or basketball. Or... <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it gets co- costly. It's kind of like the club volleyball thing. Yeah, but just to have the dog, I mean, to just, I mean, not even to compete, just to have it to, to find sheds around you and your neighbors if, if you like to collect sheds. And as Alex said, there is a market for them. There and, uh, you know, knife makers love to get a nice big shed to make knife handles out of. Yeah. Yeah, there is a huge market for them. You can Google them, uh, antler buyers across the country on Facebook. You can also Google them uh, for Worldly, who buys them Worldly. So there is money in sheds. I've had antlers stolen. Wow. Uh, I'm telling you, if you've got big sheds or big antlers, you need to put them up protect them. Because yeah. people will steal them. Yeah, one of the uh, things that we have used uh, our dogs for for shed hunting is to find out what deer made it through the season. So this way it helps you find whether or not your target buck, you know, mm-hmm. made it through the season mm-hmm. or not. Do you have people call you up saying, "Hey, I need to know if my, you know, my buck made it through the year. Can you help me come find sheds?" Yeah, as a matter of fact, I've got uh, at least three people who have called me already this year, uh, wanting me to come look and help them find uh, sheds from a particular buck. So as soon as we get word that they think that most of their uh, antlers have dropped, we're going to go try to help them out. Here's a question for you. What is your success rate? We got about thirty seconds. Your success rate for finding antlers with a dog when somebody asks you to come. What percentage of success? Uh, mostly, it depends on on the weather and whether or not their deer uh, there's something to hold their deer, you know, like bedding area or, or food. Yeah. Um, you know, and the size hey. of their ground. Okay, everybody. If you want to hear the bonus section coming up, you got to sign up to become a member of the ARO podcast. Uh, We're going to do the bonus section. We're going to wrap up the show here. Thanks for listening. But, again, listen to the bonus section and thank all of our partners for supporting American Roots Outdoors. Thanks for listening. And remember, when your roots are deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. Thanks for being on the show, Jason. More information about Jason, how to contact him, coming up on the bonus segment. So you never got to worry what the wind Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors, the bonus segment with Jason McPherson with Shed Dog Hunting of Show Me Shed Dogs. And uh, you want to learn more about Jason, you have signed... 
up to be a member of the ARO podcast, and we're going to tell you how to get a hold of Jason, how you can possibly book him to come to your farm uh, to help you find the sheds of a big antler. And we're going to answer more questions. Wayne, we've got about three and a half minutes here. Uh, Jason, a question for you. Do you have any uh, stories to share with us about, you know, maybe some unique antlers you found or your biggest or some something that maybe your dog came back with that was not an antler? <laughs> yeah. So uh, my my best shed hunting day, um, we had, there was a buck that I was after, and I named the buck Late Eight because he, he was an eight, a big, heavy eight, and he would always show up late season. And one particular year I was – moving in on him and trying to get close and all the way up to the last day of season and almost. And that year was the year that I had my first shed dog who, who later died at a young age. And she found one of the sheds from that buck that year. Well, the following year with my new dog, uh, I was still after the same buck, except he was a nine point now and a six year old deer. And, um, so I was out with my new shed dog. I, I was on a neighbor's property. He showed me the ground, and I just got started. And I cast the dog out. I was texting my wife, and here she comes running back with a side, and lo and behold, it's the side of this buck. And we celebrate, and I put the shed up, and she takes off, and here she comes back with the other side. So, wow, <laughs> that was <laughs> that's crazy. That was you know the buck I was after, and um, the sheds. I never did get a hold of that buck, but. We got the sheds, and that was uh, that was that's probably my best. Uh, we've had days where we picked up a lot of antlers, but but that one to get both sides and a couple of years of sheds that was uh, that was good. Well, now when you say a lot of antlers, define a lot. Are you talking like they come back with two or three that day, or uh, that would be an average day if you get up around you know ten to twenty. Uh, that's a real good day. Wow. That's a real yeah. good property is what that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the thing about these dogs is they can get in the brush where people can't see or can't look or can't walk, and, and, and you're just increasing your odds, and they're going to cover three or four or more times the ground that you can cover. So, That's like a good pheasant dog. Yep, they exactly. get they get in there where those those birds are, and and you know we look and we can look into a brush and say oh, I don't see anything in there, but it's amazing that how well an antler will just blend into stuff that a dog will pick right out. Yes, exactly. All right, so Jason, we had a little we had a little uh, discussion here at the beginning of the program before we had you on about shed hunting and for humans and, and just giving some tips on shed hunting and i told alex about the fact that one of the one of the places to look for shed antlers is at the base of a den tree where squirrels use for den tree because squirrels will grab antlers and will drag them to the tree and then they can't get them up in the hole and alex said he'd never heard of that what about you as a, as a shed hunter well, I've not heard of that, but that makes sense. I mean, a lot of the antlers I find have been chewed on by squirrels and rodents, so mm -hmm. that would make sense. It seems like here in southern Missouri, where I find the most, there's been dense bedding cover. Right. Um, you know, cedar thickets, and and that's another reason why the dogs are useful, because a lot of the places these bucks bed are places that you would think only a rabbit could get into. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but uh South-facing slopes, you've probably heard that, mm -hmm. but it's true. Um, but bedding areas and, and feeding areas, if you've got a solid feeding area and you know where they're feeding at the time the antlers are dropping, uh, that's that's where to look. I agree. i tell you another great place to look, everybody, is around the honeysuckle patches. Honeysuckle, kudzu patches, anything where uh, big acorn trees that's still dropping, it may have a mass underneath them. 
uh, fence rows where deer jump cross mm-hmm. fences. These are great locations to look and great areas to take your dog. Yeah. Yeah. But man, what a great show we've had today. And uh, again, if anybody wants to book Mr. Jason McPherson to come and check your farm out and look for antlers, how can we d- contact you, Jason? Well, you can look up our club on Facebook where the Show Me Shed Dog, um, and we'll be posting information about our events there. And we welcome everybody to come, even if you just want to watch and, and see what goes on. We'll be having our next event on May 30th and 31st. Um, and my email is macj46 at hotmail.com. And uh, you can email me or find me on Facebook, especially through the Show Me Shed Dogs and um, that'd probably be the best way. All right, and I'll make sure I get all that information posted up on the uh, the podcast page and on our Facebook page when we get the uh, the release out. Um, and, uh, Jason, thank you very much for joining us today. This was a lot of information I hope people can take away, and I'm sure you're going to be mm-hmm. getting a bunch of phone calls. Great content. Yeah, we're, great I'm, show. <laughs> yeah, very excited to, to help promote this. We we have just had a blast at it. It's, it's a whole new offshoot of our bow hunting, and and, and doing this with the dogs is so much fun. So, you know, anybody, I, I answer questions for people all the time, and I'm just happy to promote it and help people have the fun that I'm having. There you go, everybody. Jason McPherson of Show Me Shed Dogs. And what a great story. What a great rap. What a great show. Uh, wanted to close here with this. Uh, take your kids outdoors. Bucks are dropping the antlers right now. Take your wife with you. Take your neighbors with you. Get outdoors and get to looking for these sheds, whether you got a dog or not. And again, Jason, thanks for being on the show. And our slogan is here at American Roots. When your roots run deep and strong, there is no reason to fear the wind. Follow us, everybody. Tell your friends about our podcast. Tell them about American Roots Outdoors. www.americanrootsoutdoors.com.